come together here today because we do need you. We need your cleansing. We need your grace and your mercy. And I thank you that you are gracious and merciful, that you are slow to anger and you're abounding in steadfast love towards us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the assurance of our forgiveness, the assurance that eternal life is ours, not because of anything we've done, but because of your grace. For it is by grace we are saved through faith, and this is not of ourselves. Thank you, Jesus. And Lord, now during this time, I pray that you would help us to hear your word today. Help us to digest it and help us, Lord, to live it out in our lives. Lord, that we, though we live uh, in, in times that, in which we are shaken, Lord, in these times in which, in which we are shaken, Lord, uh, we're on the rock because we're standing on you. Thank you for giving us this rock and setting us upon this rock. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, it's good to see each and every one of you here today. It's, I'm glad that you're also gathering with us through Facebook Live or Dial-In Church, or maybe you're watching this service uh, later online somehow. We're so happy that you are gathered with us. It's the Lord who gathers us. It's the Lord who brings us together, uh, and he is the one who ministers to us. He's the one who gives to us so generously through his word. So I welcome you here today. Over the course of a few months, we have been shaken. We've been shaken. Started with this thing called coronavirus, then quarantine, economic shutdown. In recent weeks, we've heard of police brutality, renewed race riots, and now autonomous zone. Each of these things that we read about or we see on the news cause us uh, to be a people who are shaken. We are shaken. And as I was browsing Facebook one day on social media, a meme captures my reaction as I've lived these days, and Ian has a picture for us of this meme. And I thought to myself, yeah, this is, this is me every day, looking outside, wondering to see what chapter of Revelation we're doing today. Sorry, the, the picture quality isn't very good. So let me ask you this question. Have you been shaken by the events we're experiencing, we've been experiencing over the past few months? If you're normal, if you have, have any feelings or concern for friends, relatives, associates, neighbors, or even strangers, or for yourself, you've been shaken. We've all been shaken. You know, when I, when I first set out to, to give a title to this sermon series, and I was thinking, we need a sermon series because this thing isn't, isn't coming to an end. It seems as if this, this whole uh, upheaval and this, this difficulty that we're facing today hasn't come to an end yet. I was thinking maybe the sermon sh series should be called Unshaken. And then I thought, no, we, we can't name the sermon series Unshaken because that would be a lie. We're all shaken. We're all shaken. So then we came up with the, the title, On the Rock, On Jesus We Stand. Because we're, we're all shaken, we're all moved. As a believer in Jesus, you're shaken, but you are not moved. 
You're not moved because your lives are built on the rock and it's on Jesus you stand. So where do we find this rock? Where do we go to gain this assurance and this confidence that we have in Jesus? Let's turn to God's word. Let's go to that rock by opening our Bibles and hearing what Jesus says. Matthew 7, 24 through 27, we have it for you today. Or you can open your Bible there. This is Jesus speaking. This is the end of the famous Sermon on the Mount. And here Jesus speaks in Matthew 7, beginning with verse 24. Jesus says, Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. Verse 26, and everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great, and great was the fall of it. In life, everyone experiences similar circumstances. We, we, we have here Jesus speaking of the rain, and then the rain leads to floods, and then there's wind. In life, everyone is hit, everyone is hit or everyone is shaken in this life. And this shaking or this storm, it's really no respecter of, of persons. Think of it, the only difference between the man whose house whose house stood and the man whose house that fell was the foundation. The circumstances were identical. Rain, floods, wind. One house stood and the other house fell. So the only difference between the two men was the foundation. Some people believe the lie that if, if they're good Christians, if they're super spiritual, if they never falter, then they'll be immune from uh, difficult and painful circumstances in life. Uh, that they won't experience the rains falling or the floods rising or the winds blowing. So if they're super spiritual, if they never falter, they'll be immune to problems. Not true, not true. There's a theology out there that is going to convince people of that. It's called the theology of glory, and there's nothing glorious about it, that if you're a good Christian, then good things will happen to you. But that's not the Bible. In life, everyone experiences similar circumstances. The rains fall on everyone, the, the floods rise for everyone, and the wind blows and the ground shakes for everyone. Everyone is hit by mighty and terrifying storms. The shaking of the storm is no respecter of persons. The only difference between the man whose house who stood and the man whose house fell was the foundation. The foundation. So what is the foundation of your life? 
what is the foundation of your life. The rains will fall, the floods will rise, the winds will beat against you. What is your foundation? Is your life founded upon the rock of Jesus and his word? Or is your life built upon something completely different? There are only two places to build. On the rock, Jesus and his word, or on the shifting sands of this unstable world. And you know the inevitable result when a home is built upon sand. So I have to ask this question, first of all, how is a person set upon the rock in the first place? How do we get on to the rock? How are we set upon the rock? So I ask the question, can I place myself on the rock? Can I crawl up on this rock through my own good works? Does being a good person put me on the rock? Or is it something completely different? Does, does God and his grace, does he need to pick me up and place me on the rock as a gift of his grace and of his mercy? Well, I think that Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, they give us the answer. They help us to understand. Because in Ephesians 2, 8, we read these words. For by grace you have been saved. For by grace you have been saved. So we could say for it is by grace you have been set upon the rock. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And then Paul says, and this is not your own doing. I love that sentence here. This is not your own doing. We need that sentence because we believe that we can achieve... God's favor, God's goodness, and even God's protection. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. So you're placed on the rock, and that rock that you're set on today is a gift. Not a result of works, right? Not a result of works, so that no one can boast. So I'm, I'm standing on the rock today. I don't know about you, but there I stand by grace through faith, and I can't say, look at me, look at what I've done, look at how good I am because I'm standing on the rock today. No, for it is by grace through faith. It's not of yourself. It is a gift of God so that no one may boast. But then verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, so we've been placed upon the rock by grace through faith. And now that we're on the rock, we're called to go to the word and to obey the word of God. You're created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that you should walk in them. So being set upon the rock, it's a gift of God's grace given through faith in Jesus alone. When a person hears the word of the gospel... When a person trusts that gospel word, that person is set on the rock. Jesus sets you on the rock. It's a gift. You can't put yourself on that rock. 
Your good works don't place you on the rock. The gift of standing on the rock of Jesus and his word is possible because Jesus went to the cross. He went to the cross and there he shed his blood. And through the shedding of his blood, you have the forgiveness of sins. You are cleansed and you are standing upon every rock-solid benefit that God promises in his word. Cleansed by the blood of Jesus, set high on the rock, on Jesus you stand. And now that you stand upon the rock, his word is your guide. His word is your guide. And what a gift, what a gift it is to have a Bible. What a gift it is to own a Bible. What a gift to have the Word of God to guide us in these shaky, turbulent, stormy times. You want to stay on the rock? You want to build your life on the rock? Then let God's Word be your guide through life. So we need to be founded on the rock. A person's life needs a solid foundation. You need a solid foundation today. In San Francisco, on October 17th, 1989, at 5.04 p.m., right at the start of Game 3 of the World Series, in San Francisco, the city was shaken. The ground shook so violently that the World Series telecast was knocked off the air. Not only was Game 3 of the World Series disrupted, much more tragically, the Cypress Street Viaduct collapsed, along with many other structures. If you're old enough like I am, you remember those images. I remember I was 11 or 12 years old and I remember the news coming on and seeing the images of the Cypress Street Viaduct that had collapsed. But there was a much older structure in the Bay Area in San Francisco, a much older structure than the Cypress Street Viaduct. And this older structure withstood the shaking. And you know that structure, the Golden Gate Bridge. I remember as a kid wondering, what happened to the Golden Gate Bridge? And I remember on the news, they were wondering, we don't know what happened with the Golden Gate Bridge, and they shut it down. But when engineers investigated, they didn't find any damage at all. The Golden Gate Bridge stood. And when engineers looked at the Cypress Street Viaduct and the Golden Gate Bridge, they, they, they immediately understood that the foundations were different. The foundations were different. The Cypress Street Viaduct was built on filled material on top of bay clay. And engineers have said that, that filled land is highly susceptible to soil settlement during an earthquake and bay clay exhibits larger ground motion, but the Golden Gate Bridge was built on bedrock. It was built on bedrock. Moreover, the structure was, is much more superior. 
making the Golden Gate Bridge resistant to damage and destruction, even when the ground shakes violently. My prayer for you and our church is that we would build our lives on the rock, not on the shifting sands. Whatever new idea or new philosophy or new theology comes down the road. We've been given the rock-solid foundation as a gift of grace. We've, we've been given the Bible as our guide. And Scripture alone keeps us on the rock. His, his continual word of law and the, and the sweet power of the gospel are what we are built upon and what we are building our lives upon today. And we need his word. You know, we're tempted. We're tempted every day. We're tempted by so-called new ideas, new teachings for life, all tempting us to move away from the rock, all tempting us to move away from, from historic biblical truths, historic biblical truths that have stood the test of time. I'm sure people in San Francisco thought that the Cypress Street Viaduct was something really terrific when it was open. For us, clever little books, podcasts, sermons, and seminary classes are, are crafted by winsome, entertaining, and well-educated teachers who, who claim to proclaim a newer and better truth. But what are they building upon? What are they building upon? They're building something upon shifting sand. Anything that takes us away from the word of Christ is nothing but shifting Sand, when the, when the rains fall, when the floods rise, and when the winds blow and beat against the house, it will not stand. So the call today is to trust. Trust in Jesus. Trust in his word knowing that when you do, you're building your life on the rock. What a gift it is to have the Bible. What a gift. From Genesis to Revelation, it reveals Jesus, rock-solid truth for our lives. You have a Bible. Many of us own multiple Bibles. Many people within our world have no access to a Bible. It hasn't been translated into their language, or it's illegal to possess one. But you have one. That's your rock, because it reveals Jesus. Read it, pray over it, study it, hear it and do it. We're called not only to be hearers of the word, but doers of the word. Now that you're placed on the rock by grace, not of your own doing, you have stable footing to do and to be what Jesus calls you to do and to be. You're on the rock. 
His name is Jesus. On him you stand. A gracious gift. A stable footing to build your life according to Jesus and his word. Today we're shaken. The rains have come. The floods have come. The wind has beat against us, and on top of that, we're being shaken. What does it look like when you're shaken but on the rock? Some of you know of Johnny Erickson Tata. She's a lady who travels about and she preaches. I want to share a little of her testimony with you today. Some of you know that Johnny Erickson Tata, when she was just about ready to head off to her freshman year of college, dove into the shallow waters of the Chesapeake Bay and she uh, broke her neck and became a quadriplegic. And she questioned God and his faithfulness. She was angry with God. But she found through, through all of the difficulty and through the, through the trial and through the storm that she faced in life that, that God is faithful and God is good. And now she even gives thanks for her wheelchair because her wheelchair has given her an opportunity to speak and to help countless people who face difficulty. And recently she gave her testimony, her testimony of continued suffering as a quadriplegic. And these are her words, and she says this, even though she says, I look like a veteran in this wheelchair even after 50 years, please don't think I'm an expert. There's still so much about my life and about my chronic pain that doesn't make sense. She says, just a short while ago, my husband Ken was driving me to the office of Johnny and Friends. That's the headquarters of their ministry. It's Johnny and Friends. She said, I had awakened that morning to unusual pain. She says, I'm a quadriplegic. I don't feel on the outside, she says, so I cannot explain how I feel deep pain on the inside. She says, I was near to tears. She said, I was close to asking my husband, Ken, to turn around and to take me back home and to lay me down in bed. Often bed is not a relief for me, she says, I'm still in pain. Then she says, so I do what I always do. She says, I sing my way through suffering. I sing my way through suffering, she says, standing on the promises of Christ my King. Through eternal ages, let his praises ring. She said, I sing, and then she says, I pray. She says, okay, God, why, why am I just singing that? Why am I singing that, God? And then she says, I remember promises from the Bible, Psalm 119.50. I said it in the van out loud. Psalm 119.50, my comfort in suffering is this, that your promises renew my life. And she says to God, God, you said that, and I I believe that. So Jesus, right now, out loud, in this van, I'm going to recite as many promises as I can, and I'm going to believe that you renew my life. You're going to help me in this because I can't do it. So Jesus, you are my ever-present help in trouble. You promise me that. You promise that you will never leave me nor forsake me. You promise me that you will hold me by your righteous right hand. You promise that you will fight for me. You promise me that those who put their hope in you will renew their strength. 
You promise that those who have faith, they will soar on wings as eagles. She sings God's promises. She prays. She quotes the scriptures. Johnny said, I was going on and on, reciting as many promises as I can. Finally, we get off the exit to Johnny and friends. She says, I wheel out of the van to the front door of the ministry office, and I'm still in pain. I'm still in pain. But she says, but I've got courage. And she says, and I've got such sweet endurance and perseverance. She said, I can do this through Jesus. She says, it was almost better than being healed of pain. Almost better than being healed of pain because I felt and sensed. I almost tasted the goodness of God in helping me persevere. This is what it looks like, brothers and sisters in Christ, as we're standing on the rock. It doesn't mean that everything's going to be made all better. It doesn't mean that all your problems are going to go away. The rains will still fall. The winds will still blow. The floods will still rise. But you're on the rock. On Jesus, you stand. Now, me personally, I've, I've never experienced difficulty and suffering like Johnny Erickson Tata. I mean, you, you probably haven't either, but you do know. You know what it's like to trust in Jesus' word in the midst of difficulty. You've been there because today you're standing on the rock. You're standing on the rock. It's on Jesus that you stand. So for you, I don't know what your difficulty is. Maybe, maybe it's, it's uh, grief, the death of a loved one, some sort of difficulty in a relationship, a mental health struggle, spiritual anguish. I don't know what your difficulty is today. And, and I can't make it all better. No, I can't do that. But I can do one thing. I can point you to the rock. I can say there is a place where you can stand today. And in him and in Jesus, you will find the strength, the courage, and the stable footing that you need as you experience shaking and difficulty in this life today. So are, are we in that time immediately preceding the return of Jesus? It seems like sometimes I walk outside and I say, okay, Jesus, what chapter of Revelation are we in today? I don't know if this is the time immediately preceding the return of Jesus, but I, but I do know that <clears throat> we are experiencing tribulation in this life. We are shaken. So where I stand is trusting in Jesus trusting in his word. Would you pray with me today? Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus. Thank you for sending that rock. Thank you for setting us upon the rock by grace through faith. Thank you for your word. 
I pray for those who are listening today, wherever they're at. I ask, Heavenly Father, that you would grant them faith to trust and to believe in you, to stand upon the rock, to stand upon Jesus, to trust in him. Lord, if there are any who are listening today who do not know Jesus, who are not standing upon the rock, Lord, I pray that they would come to believe and use us as a congregation that would that would lead people by simply sharing the simple message of the gospel with them. Lord, I can't imagine what it would be like today not having you. Yet many people are, are going through life without you. And so Lord, use us to help them by pointing them to the rock. And Lord, for those who are facing struggles and difficulties today, I pray that your grace and your mercy would sustain them. Keep them, Heavenly Father. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen.